Hello and welcome to the Eisner Emperor podcast series. Today we're taking a look at Coinbase's groundbreaking cryptocurrency IPO. I'm your host Dave Plasco and with us is Alan Wink, Managing Director of Eisner Amper's Capital Markets. Alan, always good to speak with you. Same here, Dave. I hope all is well with you and your family. Thanks. You too. So Coinbase, the first cryptocurrency to go public. Just how big a deal is this IPO? It's a huge deal. Um, You got to remember, you know, Coinbase is... um, probably the first company that's sort of the go-between between the capital markets and, and cryptocurrencies. You know, it, it's the largest Bitcoin exchange in the U.S., and it's really the first crypto-focused company to go public. Um, you know, it has a platform that's allowing, you know, 43 million retail users, 7,000 institutional, and 115,000 ecosystem partners in over a hundred companies to trade Bitcoin and, or to trade cryptocurrencies. It really is a huge, huge deal. Okay. Now, why do you think Coinbase didn't use a SPAC, which, you know, that, that seems to be the fundraising route du jour. Um, you know, it's an interesting question, Dave. And um, I think a lot of people confuse how Coinbase went public as an IPO. It really wasn't an IPO. They really had a direct listing of stock, and it is a significant difference. An IPO usually is a way that a company raises capital. On the other hand, a direct listing allows some of the early investors in a company to create liquidity since they're selling that stock directly to the public. So when you look at, at Coinbase, you know they, they rent, went public at a price of $381 a share created almost a hundred billion dollar valuation for the company. So the, the real beauty of this is that, you know, the market, deter, you know, rather than investment bankers determining the price of the stock, the investors actually determine the price of the stock. And because, you know, Coinbase is now public, it makes raising capital in the future significantly easier. And as you can expect, it's much cheaper to do a direct listing of shares rather than an IPO. So literally tens of millions of dollars were fee of fees were saved as a result of doing the direct listing. Got it. So you just referenced Coinbase, uh, its valuation at one point topped $100 billion with a B. You know, have we set an unrealistic bar here for the future? I mean, are we, are we on our way to a, a crypto bubble? You know, once again, another good question. And I think, you know, most people will say, most investors will say that, you know, Coinbase is probably a very good company, but it might not be a very good stock to purchase at these prices. You know, the company went public at uh, $381 a share on the first day of trading. The stock, the market cap of the company exceeded $100 billion dollars. Certainly a lot of euphoria in that, um, you know, also the, the fact that Coinbase went, went public certainly influenced the price of cryptocurrencies around the world. Just in, in terms of frame of reference, crypto Coinbase, which is a, a company that's five or six years old, today has a market cap of about $60 billion. Um, you compare that, NASDAQ only has a market cap of about $26 billion. The Intercontinental Exchange, which owns the New York Stock Exchange, has a market cap probably in the 65 to $70 billion market uh, range, so probably on par with 
with Coinbase, but it's amazing that a company so young is trading, you know, over three, almost three times at what the NASDAQ is, is trading at. Yeah, and we have seen a little bit of slippage across all of the cryptocurrencies in the last few days. Not a lot, but some. How concerned are you about the volatility here in this sector? Well, it, it's always been an extremely volatile asset, and, and you're absolutely right. There has been some some pullback in the price over the last couple of weeks. But to be quite honest with you, uh, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, Bitcoin has doubled in value in the last three and a half months since the beginning of 2021. So there is certainly some some volatility there. Um, you know, it's true, you know, institutional investors have kind of slowed down their purchases of cryptocurrencies over the last couple of weeks. Um, and maybe the reason for that is they're waiting to buy shares in, in Coinbase. So rather than buying the, the currencies, they want to buy the company. Yeah, g- given all that we just talked about, you know, the, 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 the pros and the cons, is this the point where the institutional crypto investor is going to be all in or are they going to still sit on the sidelines a little bit and wait and see? How do you see that playing out? There's been a very large amount of institutional investment in cryptocurrencies. You know, it's part of their diversification strategy. I think everyone's seeing the incredible, you know, uptick in price and wants to participate. Nobody wants that, you know, FOMO or fear of missing out. Um, but I think people are watching it cautiously. You know, the Treasury is, uh, you know, certainly watching it cautiously. I mean, we've heard, you know, the Treasury is, is talked about taking action against certain institutions, um, you know, involved with cryptocurrencies over money laundering issues. So I think you have to keep an eye on both the price and some of the uh, the actions that the Treasury might be taking in the future. Now, switching gears a little bit, I see you've just published your quarter one 2021 venture capital report. What are some key takeaways? You know, I, I hate to keep using the word frothy, but this venture capital market is incredibly frothy right now. You know, we had a, an incredible year in 2020 in terms of venture capital investment. Um, about $156 billion was invested by VC funds here in the United States. That actually was a record last year. To put that in perspective, so far in Q1 of 2021, $69 billion was already invested. So, you know, we're, we're very close. We could break a record in terms of VC investment in, in Q3 this year if this continues to hold up. As you can expect, as a result of of the pandemic, life sciences and the tech space are garnering most of the VC dollars that are being invested. We continue to see a proliferation of of large deals or mega deals, you know, deals over $100 million. In the first quarter, over 60% of the dollars that were invested were invested in in mega deals. Um, So we're seeing high levels of investment. And on the other side, we're also seeing a high level of, of exit activity. You know, we saw $118 billion of VC exits in the first quarter of, of 2021. SPACs played a large role in that. SPACs raised another $83 billion in Q1, which was more than they raised in all of 2020. SPACs also accounted for 75% of all the IPO activity in, in the first quarter of the year. So we're seeing good levels of investment, good levels of exits. And fundraising is also at an extremely high level. Um, $33 billion of new venture capital was raised in Q1. 
this could be the first year ever that the venture capital industry has recorded fundraising of greater than $100 billion. So I, you know, based upon everything I've seen, I don't see this, I don't see, you know, the VC industry slowing down in 2021. It's, it's amazing. This is all going on, you know, in, in spite of the, of the pandemic. It's really an amazing fact. That's, that's true. No doubt. Well, Alan, as always, uh, thanks for the knowledge. I appreciate it, Dave. Good, to, good spending time with you. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.